Let's watch the old year die With a fond goodbye And our hopes as high as a kite How can our love go wrong And Happy New Year from the Anderson Observer News from people you trust it's time to start 2023. Let's do it right. But before we do, it's time for a quick look back at 2022 with some of our county's leaders. Today we'll feature my end-of-the-year interviews with Anderson County Administrator Rusty Burns and Anderson Mayor Terrence Roberts and our new probate judge, J.T. Foster. And in the days ahead this week, uh, I'll have the interviews with the county's other mayors and leaders, and they'll be on this podcast the rest of this week as we rev up for a more active podcast new year. Well, all the parades went well and passed, and Christmas is 360 days away now, and the county is getting ready for a whole slate of new things. Um, all the towns are. Uh, Anderson County's uh, chamber, Anderson Area Chamber is sponsoring a meeting with the Anderson County Legislative Delegation to outline their priorities on Friday. And remember, we have three new members of that delegation, Don Chapman, Thomas Beach, and April Cromer, and they will all be talking about their priorities at that meeting. Other new faces to watch in the year ahead include a new county council member, Greg Elgin, who takes over for Ray Graham, and C. Rena Thompson, a longtime employee of the Anderson County Clerk of Court Office, who was appointed to serve as the new county clerk of court following the untimely death of Richard Shirley, who a lot of Andersonians will testify he will be missed greatly. He was an Anderson native, former mayor, and clerk of court for many years, and he served this community for more than four decades, and as I said, he will be missed, and we'll continue to realize how much we miss him as the year goes by. We've got some other news for the early part of 2023. It includes the Pendleton Oil Mill site finally beginning to get cleaned up and ready for development. And that's part of Clemson's master plan, which is also in place for downtown and beyond for improvements. Uh, a new downtown library is in the works for IVA. Uh, the countywide EMS is fully staffed and almost all the vehicles are in place now. And the, those numbers uh, Rusty Burns will talk about in our interview. New dashboard cameras for all Anderson City police vehicles will be in place this year. Also a new downtown... Uh, Rooftop restaurant in Anderson on the new parking garage, so a lot of people are looking forward to that. And expanded events at Greenpoint Amphitheater, including maybe some concerts and some cover bands, uh, tribute bands, in addition to that full slate of fishing, professional fishing events. Honeypath's also cleaning up a mill site and getting it ready for development. And there are additional improvements at Kid Venture underway, those uh, which was relaunched, you know, with all the new stuff in the end of the summer, early fall, and it really is a nice place and it's going to continue to get better and better. Uh, the year ahead is also going to bring more jobs to the county, many of which were announced in 2022. And new businesses are coming in and old ones are expanding and there are lots of jobs out there. So if you're looking for a job, it's time to get out and apply. Anderson County Administrator Rusty Burns talked to me about 2022 success and challenges. And he also remembered his friend Richard Shirley as part of our interview. Well, just another trip around the sun for Anderson County. Uh, let's start with some big economic development news. Uh, I guess the biggest one came in the fall. How long did it take to help Bosch decide to locate that hydrogen fuel battery facility in Anderson County? Well, Bosch conducted their own search with all of the facilities that they own around the world. And at the end, it was us and two other places. And uh, the county worked very hard, and our council stepped up to the plate uh, big time to make sure that that was here in Anderson, because that really is an international announcement and it is part of the future of energy in the world 
And so we're very happy to have it here. And we're also happy to have all of the new jobs that are going to come here because of that. And those are going to be jobs that pay very well. And Bosch has been a great neighbor here since they located here in 1985. They, they've continued to grow, continue to expand. And you find a whole lot of people who've worked at Bosch their whole careers. And so we're excited about it. We're glad they put their trust and faith in us and that we would have the uh, workforce to implement what they want to do. And I mean, they're moving ahead gangbusters on that project right now. That's one of the biggest investments we've had in Nelson in a while, isn't it? It's really big, really big. But we... It's 300 and something million dollars? 350 million off the top of my head. But we have had some really good announcements last year. Yeah, another one, I remember another company brought in, what, 50 to 60 jobs paying more than $40 an hour? Yep. A company do that. And then earlier, uh, FedEx announced that $45 million logistics. That one, though, didn't have to start with very many jobs. It looks like the building's already up. Will there be more jobs there? There'll be a lot more jobs. But in the negotiations with us, they promised 12, and they're going to over-deliver. And we're very, anytime somebody over-delivers, we're very pleased with that. But if you look. It went up fast, too. Yes, very up. fast. But if you look, you go behind that FedEx facility, you will see the Hunt Midwest buildings going up. They already have one up that's uh, 268,000 square feet, and they have plans for more behind the FedEx facility. And if you don't go down that road, you don't know that there's monster buildings behind there and monster buildings under construction. So well, all I of that's what they're taking. doing. Well, Hunt Midwest is they do warehousing and spec buildings. So you know people can come in there and put a factory here, but. We're getting a lot of traffic on all of our buildings. I mean, we've got one building. I'm not going to mention which one. It's got four offers on it right now from really good companies. But the person who owns that building will decide, you know, who he lets have that building. So a lot of activity, a lot of spec building going on. Uh, more spec building will be going on. Uh, and the county's not having to build them anymore. No. We primed that pump, and it took off. So we're good to go now. So. A lot of things like that are happening. Another one I thought was just kind of an interesting one that had some of the highest paying jobs we've ever seen <laughs> is the startup that's growing, that's offering to make, they make, figure out how to make chocolate with half the calories. Yeah, well, Tetramer's been a success story that we've been working with them for probably over 12 years. They're located in Pendleton, and I think in one of their remarks they made, you know, why are we graduating all of these people from Clemson? with PhDs in molecular biology and all of these other disciplines, and they have to leave here to go find a job when they don't want to leave here. So Tetramer has been a big part of providing jobs, very well-paying jobs in the Pendleton area, and they're continuing to grow, and we're going to help continue to help them grow. They got some kind of international recognition. This Just year recently they did for one of their subsidiaries, and so that's good, and that goes on. I mean, we're having announcements that are worldwide in nature, not just, boy, that's a big deal here in South Carolina. And I know Arthrex, which, man, I've heard people talking and run into people that work at Arthrex, and I've never heard anybody excited about going to work. They continue to expand. Well, they're going to continue to expand. It's a good place to work. Most people, everybody that I've talked to really likes likes working there. They appreciate the free lunch, too, which is which is a very good the chef lunch. Chef cooks lunch for the you. Chef cooks lunch yeah. for you, and they have great benefits, and they really take care of their people. And so we're very pleased with them, and they'll continue to build out on that side. And speaking of building out, is there enough dirt in the county for TTI to continue? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think they're going to end up buying up everything, 
everything that touches them. So they're continuing to expand. Every time I drive somewhere, I see another building that TTI and Rioli's so, put up somewhere out there. So they're, they're continuing to, to grow. And given that employment figures have remained remarkably low, given we're coming out of a pandemic and sort of a recession, uh, are we going to have enough people? Are we going to start having people driving in to work here? Well, we have people who drive in to work here now, but we also have people who drive out to work other places. But as you can see, if you just ride around the county, there are a whole lot of people moving here, and there are a whole lot of people who are, uh, say, moving up the job ladder, if you will, creating space at the bottom for people to get a toehold and, and begin their process of climbing up the ladder. So yes, we have enough people, and we're getting some more people, and we continue to have people from Abbeville who come to work here, from Pickens, from Oconee, and a lot of people from across the river in Georgia come to work here. But again, we have people who go to other counties to work, so. Well, how about updates on Equinox Mill? Because that'll bring in a whole lot more housing and retail and all kind of stuff. That's going well. Uh, we took another step on that. That's going to be interest rates are hurting a lot of development right now. With the sky-high interest rates, I talked to a, a person who's been wanting to build another hotel here in Anderson County. And A, they said they couldn't find anybody to build it. And B, the prices that they're getting are out of, the, you know, just way off the map. So they still want to build the hotel, but they're slowing down that process because they just don't want to pay the high construction costs. You're seeing, you're seeing some of that. You're not seeing that too much in housing right now because we're still inundated with people wanting to build uh, subdivisions, still getting a lot of that. And, well, Equinox, I mean, are we looking at five to ten years? Uh, we're looking five years. We're not looking at ten, but okay. we're looking at five. And that will really change the face of downtown. Well, that will change the face of everything if you get that area up and going. All this all but, housing, 100 plus But we're housing. also working with some groups. Right now, there's several local companies in town that really will buy up just any buildable lot that they can find and put a new house on it. Um, they go out, they find a lot in an existing neighborhood, Boom, they buy that lot, they put a new house on it. You're getting a lot of that going on, and you're getting a lot of that over there in the Equinox, old Anderson Mill area, where you wouldn't think that would happen, but it's happening. And some of these lots are really creative to build on, but they're doing that, so you're seeing a lot of that. But those are local people. That's not these big national housing companies. But that can transform neighborhoods. You start putting new... But as soon as you start putting some new stuff in there, it transforms it. Plus, we're getting uh, new subdivisions and requests for new subdivisions in the southern part of Anderson, the Homeland Park area. Uh, I was talking to their water manager, Homeland Park Water, and he said they're buying every lot they can find down there. We're selling more water than we ever have. So you're getting growth all over the county. But he said, again, when I just said, he said, if there's a lot, somebody's putting a house on it. And the tiny home subdivision next to Paul's looks looks better than I expected it to. It's a nice looking... Well, I always expect it to look nice because those guys want it to look nice. They're renting those units for $900 a month, I think, off the top of my head, how much Very creative is. the way it's put together. Very creative. It's right there by Paul's. It's dressing up the Paul's area, dressing up the dog park area. And you're going to continue to see more of those tiny home developments across the country. You're seeing them a lot more in other parts of the country than you are here. There's a company in Abbeville, Mennonite, and uh, they're making those tiny homes. One of the models they makes $80,000. You know, when you're having houses cost what they are, you can get someplace to live for 80, and more and more people are getting used to that idea. 
and especially if it's in a community or communal setting where you may have other amenities in there other than your little house, you got a park, you got a swimming pool, you got something to do. They're becoming very popular. Now I was talking to some of some of the mayors and other people about this. Millennials have sort of a different approach to looking for a house than like you and I did our yes. generation. And and attached housing is what they want. They don't want small lots on in cramp. They'd rather be attached and have the, the amenities you're talking about. And they would like to be in walking distance and to, to whatever they want to do. And you're seeing a lot of that. I mean, they just opened up the old Palmetto Hardware Building. That's fully booked. You can't get a place to stay at the Calhoun. They have a waiting list. So all of these housing opportunities right here for that uh, audience you're talking about, it's already taken. Uh, one of the other biggest announcements, obviously, of the year was the decision to build a new detention center. Uh, designers have been chosen for the $55 million facility. And you've said maybe three years will be up and running? Hopefully. Was I it? mean, it will be. It will be. It won't be, hopefully. I hope it will be up in two years. And was it COVID and some other things that took so long to replace that ancient jail? I mean, I know some of it was just no, kicked. County Council was prepared to do that before COVID. But when COVID hit, it, as I talked before, nobody knew what the finances were going to be for the county or for individuals in their homes or the country or anything else. So it was prudent not to move ahead at that time until we saw what was going to be and what was going to happen. Well, it was 25 years old before there was any such thing as county council almost. Uh, absolutely. So nobody was really looking at that riding shotgun no, people, on it. People don't realize county government's still fairly new. It used to be run by the legislative delegation with the supply bill. And other than more space out there, how will this new facility put people in a better situation than we've been in over the next 50 years? Well. We're trying to do something with recidivism, some drug programs, diversion programs, the mental health courts is closer than it's ever been. Uh, the opioid settlement money that we're receiving that we can receive now, we're looking to see how we can do that to assist with people with drug problems when they go to jail, find ways to help them get out other than instead of just, a, all right, you've served your time, get out, and should we reserve a room for you back here in two weeks? So if you can divert 10% of your population, you've done a great deal. I'd like it to be 100%, but if we can take some of that money and do that diversion to at least 10%, we've done something. Plus, we're also working on that crisis stabilization unit so people don't have to go to jail or they don't have to go sit over at the emergency room where they shouldn't be in the first place because they have a mental health problem. So we need to have more of that. The whole country needs to have more of that. That's not Anderson. That's the whole country, but we have an opportunity to do something different and hopefully lead the way towards that. And that's one of the ideas behind the jail. It's not a building. It's a whole concept of what you do to treat that population. And again, and people get sick of me saying this, but 90% of those people sitting out there have not been to trial. They're as innocent as you and I in the eyes of the law. So. And the model of the drug court, they don't even go to jail sometimes. They, they go through a program. They're diverted into and, a program. And they're monitored and they take, they take drugs. They, they never go to jail. They never go to jail, but they're strictly monitored. They get the help they need. If they fall off, boom, they can go to jail. But here's an alternative path that you can go. I don't want us to spend two hours talking about this, but let's talk about the parks because <laughs> there's been a lot going on. Let's start with the Civic Center, uh, big events out there, Dixie Youth World Series, state championships, state wrestling championships. Uh, the county made some substantial improvements to the grounds out there. Just a lot going on at the Civic Center this year. We're still uh, looking for money to complete Kid Venture. 
one of the big projects we have right now, and we're collecting money for that every day. We got uh, an additional appropriation from South, the legislative delegation the other day for our playground out at the airport. We have a price tag on that of $350,000. We're right now, we're sitting at around $200,000 and we're snatching every grant money, every piece of grant money we can. And we have a lot of individuals who have donated substantial money to that. And we're waiting on a couple of big grant announcements. I would love for that aviation-themed playground to be open by next June. That's, that's council really would like to have that. Our airport is attracting a lot of attention. Uh, we were on the phone yesterday with an Italian airplane manufacturer looking to possibly go there. I'm not telling you they're going there. And we've all had some interest from people who would like to put a hotel out at our airport. So council's vision to let's get rid of this dumpy terminal and make something really nice and spruce up, fix all our runways and bring people in. We also have people who want to put their corporate jets there now. So that's one of the new frontiers. Our airport manager, Brett Garrison, who's been there almost two years now, has really changed the, the way that place looks, thinks, and operates. Our sales of fuel are up, and we've got to build some hangars out there because we if we built 10 hangars right now, they would be filled up completely. But they cost so much, so we're looking how to find ways that we can finance that and not be a burden on the taxpayers. Well, the fuel sales, which is what funds most things, have been yes. astronomically up for this well, fall. The fact that Greenville and Pickens were closed during Clemson football season we made bank but we had to spend an extra few dollars because we were inundated with planes we had to bring in a temporary air traffic control tower to handle all of that and i will say that our airport did a wonderful job because we didn't have one incident and i'm talking about it was packed you thought you were at laguardia it was cool i'm glad you weren't at laguardia <laughs> the, the, the thing is though it's, it's big enough now to serve is a reason where, but it's small enough for a playground because people like to go out there and watch the planes. There's you can't do that at bigger. Now, this playground at Greenville, okay? Not Greenville Spartanburg, Greenville downtown. Right. It's booked all the time for birthday parties. They have one in Spartanburg. I want ours to be, have one right there. It's perfect. We can put it right beside the gate. The ground is already flat as a pancake. The parking lot's already ADA acceptable, so we don't have to do those landscaping or parking projects. Every bit of the money that we have can go to the playground itself, and it's gonna have airplanes and teach kids about aviation, and we need a park on that side of the world, and that that's what we're gonna do, and I hope that we can piece that money together and have it in operation by June. And before we leave the airport, we had a local legend recognized for his work. Yep. Hugh was uh, honored by the Air Show Announcers Association. Uh, Hugh's done a lot for the Anderson County Airport over the years. He's done a lot for the air show business over the years. He served as temporary manager of the airport when we said, Hugh, you got to come in here and help us do this. And he's always been one of the greatest ambassadors we had for, had for the Anderson Airport. So he's a special person, and he's being awarded a really big honor. And we're very, very happy for Hugh. Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer, but he always thought he was a Hall of Famer anyway. <laughs> well, you mentioned, back to the Civic Center, you mentioned Kid Venture. It, it really, what has been finished, looks pretty complete. It doesn't look like an incomplete playground. It, it, it was a lot of like that, but we, but we still have more to do. And then even after we finish these plans, 
there's more to do because as the population grows, more people are going to go there. And we've got a couple of wrinkles coming up for this season that are going to be a little different that will make it nicer. But that's a, a large chunk of money that we need to uh, secure. And again, we're looking in all different places to get that money. And it's, but it is packed a lot of the time. It's packed a lot of the time. And we had to remove one of the older playgrounds over there, the smaller one, but it didn't meet any ADA requirement. There was no way to make it meet an ADA requirement, and it was just a hazard. So we've moved that one. We're going to put all our dollars and effort into Kid Venture. And the, the, since you mentioned that and we're talking about parks, it, it's been, gosh, a good while now that the, the county has made a real priority of ADA when they're working on boat ramps and parks and everything else. That, that's that's pretty high on your list. Uh, everything that we build meets ADA standards. We've had a lot of help. Sandy Hannabrink and a lot of other people have helped us, guided us, and, and put us in that direction. And it costs a lot more, it, but it is the law of the land, and more importantly, it's the right thing to do. Because you don't know when you're not going to be able to get up those steps, and neither do I. So everybody should have access to that. And that's one of the overriding principles we've had in place for, for 12 years. We're not going to do it unless we do it right. I think people forget that sometimes it's just something that suddenly a grandparent can take their kids out. Senior citizens suddenly can get places that are accessible they could not have. They could not in the past. And for somebody to say, well, you know, that's all right. Well, no, it's not all right. I mentioned the improvements to the grounds at the Civic Center. I think several people at the Dixie World Series mentioned to me it looked better than the other places they played out. I know y'all were trying to get ready for them. Well, we're trying to get ready for them, but on Martin Luther King Boulevard, the back of the baseball fields always look bad. Council said, that looks bad. Fix it up. So we fixed it up. So now it makes it pretty going down through there. We've done a lot of work out there at the Civic Center to improve the way it looks. We have more work to do. Uh, Council just... Uh, voted to bring the trail, the East-West Parkway, into the Civic Center. We're going to bring it right inside the Civic Center, but then we're going to try to carry it on through all the way. I met with a member of City Council today talking about the city's trail system, and we were also talking about the trail to Belton, uh, which we already have $250,000, which Duke Energy gave us to do that, and that's been given to the United Way to kind of spearhead that effort, and we were talking about ways to find other money to do that because you're getting a lot of emphasis from a lot of people on recreation and quality of life, a lot. And wanting to be a walking area, I mean, I'm, we'll skip to that and come back, but I, I think they've almost completed the AnMed 81 North Campus to them. they got those bridges, huge bridges, they got those in, and once they get the little easements to those, it's pretty much a complete walking clear. And I've seen people using it like crazy while it's being constructed. And they're going to, and, and when it is complete, for some reason, a mental switch will go off and you're going to see more and more people use it. <clears throat> so we need to make it longer, bigger, and safer. And connect into the city trails and then, like you said, eventually maybe, but right, but, uh, immediately it gives Anderson a walkability it didn't have before. Absolutely. Uh, but, but I was going to say before we get away from it, that whoever decided, does, did the design for those the backs of those fields facing that was a really good idea to have alternate colored rocks it sounds like a small thing it's a, it's a small thing but the designer was smart enough to do that and it does some texture something to break it yeah, up it really looks nice but but we're, we're we're proud how that turned out well one of the surprises out there kind of over on the hill uh, anderson suddenly has a cricket club <laughs> we yes. didn't see that coming well i met with some cricket members today and and we didn't see that coming but we've adapted to it we need to do more 
on that field to help that grow. That could actually become the cricket center of the southeast. I'm serious. And so we need to space, pay special attention to that. And that's a big recruiting tool for doctors, scientists, and everybody else coming into this area. And plus it's fun, and it's another use that nobody else has at their civic centers or their large play areas. So. Yeah, I've heard, heard some of the guys out there I talked to said it was better than Greenville and Spartanburg and other places they've been playing. It also, to me, reflects a growing diversity in the county that other things don't show it quite as ostentatiously. No, but but it is. I mean, this is a very diverse county. I mean, Clemson University brings people in from all over the world. Anderson University has people from all over the world. Even Tri-County Tech has the same thing. I mean, this is, you know... You may not like it, but this is becoming, and, and always has been to a degree, a cosmopolitan area. But you're going to see that increase, and I think that's good. Of course, they're no match for the giant that pickleball has become. <laughs> it's taking over the world. No, if we, if we took the whole civic center area and turned it into a pickleball court, somebody would call up and say, well, I don't think y'all have enough pickleball courts. <laughs> I promise you that. And the surrounding town said, have you played yet? I haven't played yet, but I'm going to. I haven't either. We'll have to have But I want to. We'll have to play since neither one of us can play. Um, also, the, I guess maybe the biggest long-term thing next to the trail at the Civic Center is the new permanent stage at the amphitheater. And y'all got it in just in time for Celebrate Anderson. What, remind people why that was such a close call. Well, because of the weather and the rain and the materials being held up, supply chain issues, but we got that in. But I can assure you this summer we will be providing the space but we're going to have a very huge concert out there that's going to kick off a whole new era and things going out there because we have that new stage. We've never had a really good stage, but now we have a first-class stage, and I think, well, all I'm saying is in the summer, it's going to be some stuff. Are we going to do some new seating and stuff out there, too? Is I would that love for us, and council would love for us to have seating right near the stage. The premium seating? That's one, that's one of our goals, but we can't afford it right now because we don't want to put that burden on the taxpayers, but we're looking at ways to see if we can find money to do that because we need some fixed seating right there. Like you just mentioned, it's going to bring in acts that we're not have considered coming here because oh, we've got indoors one. at the Civic Center has just never had the greatest acoustics. It, it doesn't, but we have somebody coming in to look at the acoustics to see if they can retrofit. Well, that'd be, that's, that's a long need. It's, long it's a long need, and he is covered up with work, but he's the, one of the best in the Southeast. He's worth waiting on. Well, before we leave that area across the street, Anderson County dedicated a memorial to those who died in their area, but nobody claimed their bodies. I know this is a special project for you. Tell people what that was about. Well, it, it was people who died in our coroner's office, Don McCow and Greg Shore really jumped behind this, that what do we do with them? I mean, we, we had people's ashes stacked all over that office, and that wasn't nice. And so we built this memorial out near uh, the cemetery that we have out at the Civic Center and it's a beautiful memorial and we had a service there and we promised at that time as more people became available that nobody had claimed we would do it again and next Thursday at 10 o'clock the second little service is going to take place at that marker next Thursday at 10 o'clock it'll be brief but we promised people we were going to do that and we were going to honor those people and it would be a continuous process so it's time to do it again. It's really well done. It's nice. It looks nice. And uh, it's not uh, just slapped uh, together kind of. Our facilities department, which they do the greatest work in the world, they're behind that. They did that. They thought that up. 
and it's good. I did pick the location. Well, picking the location that was not at random. Tell people why that's an important historical. Well, because that cemetery's right there, and those people. People were, don't know that's a cemetery. A lot of people don't. That was from from stockade and from the pauper's house. Right. If it's the fenced in area right behind the yes. memorial. And if people, uh, Mr. Rich Otter is writing a history of all of the property at the Civic Center, and I've had the privilege of hearing what he has done so far. And the story of how that property came to be Anderson County's is utterly fascinating. And I thought, if I thought I, I'm, I know everything about history, he opened my eyes like, I never heard of this. Coming from a pauper's house shared by Anderson in Pickens, it's crazy. I'll save that. He's worth a whole, uh, to our interview on that. Yeah, and he's he's done a lot of other historical documents that Anderson nobody else has taken time to do. But he's got that. He's got this nailed down. Well, let's uh, talk about the Salina uh, River Blue Trail. It saw a substantial expansion in 2022. Got water access at Piedmont Riverfront Park. Uh, new ramp, belt and landing off Cooley Bridge Road. Uh, how will these new sites improve recreation down through the county? Well, as you know, on this uh, the, uh, council's agenda for next Tuesday, we have. Another step in getting our grant from the National Park Service d saying that that will only be used for recreation. That's almost 30-acre site right there at the dam in Piedmont. Uh, we've already got $500,000 plus to develop that. So we're going to start doing some work on that pretty quick. We've also got some more stuff that we need to do at Green Pond. And the most important thing that's happened at Green Pond is uh, Mr. Colin Smith, who works for Anderson County. And Collins worked for us for a long time, and his father's worked for the county for a long time, Greg Smith, who runs our solid waste division, probably one of the greatest people in Anderson County, I'm just telling you. But his son won the tournament we had out at Green Pond. He won the doubles tournament, so that was a big deal. $25,000 prize. $25,000, but then he won the fish-off, and he won that, which guaranteed him a spot in the Bassmaster Classic. Now, unfortunately, we're not hosting this year, so we will be representing Anderson County in the Bassmaster Classic in Knoxville, Tennessee. So everybody in the county is proud of Colin, and everybody's going to support him, and we're going to support him because it's local boy does good. So we're all excited about that. Well, since you jumped to Green Pine, let's talk a little bit more about Green Pine. I think... Uh uh, the legendary Green Pond Landing and Event Center? Legendary Green Pond Landing. Generated somewhere around $40 million per yes. area in 2022. Yes. That's a $40 million impact. Yes. And um, we've talked about this a little bit before, but just the general impact of that facility, both for recruitment and also once Bassmaster had a tournament made, they, can't ever send, they keep looking back to us like it's their girlfriend. Well, always remember, that, and it wasn't my idea, when we started this, uh, Matt Shell, our director of parks, contacted Bassmaster and said, what do y'all want to see in a facility? So we gave them input before one blade of grass was disturbed. So they've been like present at the creation, which also created, they kind of feel like they got a, a stake in, in the deal too. So they've been very good to us as of last weekend. But even the weekend before that, we had the high school championship put on by Marty Walker. College, high school, and middle school, yeah. Yep. Uh, put on by Mar Marty Walker at Palmetto Marine. And, I mean, you went down there and you saw a tent from it, just about every high school you could imagine down there, which 
made me so happy and, 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 and excited. So that place has done what it was supposed to do and it's done more and it will continue to do even more. And the deep water launches were a big deal because we didn't really have that. No, of, we didn't have that. And, you know, the, the amphitheater was completed this year. Yes. And, and it's been used for a number of things, including all the weigh-ins and stuff. Yep. Also, some theater productions. Any plans for concerts and stuff out there? Yep. Looking towards concerts and plays for next year, next spring. Already looking at a couple of uh, ideas out there for some free concerts, get somebody to sponsor them. Uh, and we're looking at some tribute bands to come out there and do that. And so we're working towards that. But one of the things that's held us back on that is we have to redo, not redo, we have to invent all of the electrical and we were able to receive some money from somebody else that's going to allow us to put in all the electrical systems we need there. And we're also working with another private company who's gonna run sewer to their place. We're gonna piggyback with them, put some money in it and have more sewer at Green Pond. So there's always something going on in one of our parks, something you may not be able to see it, but we're working, we're also trying to put uh, host sites at Green Pond so we can have somebody there volunteer uh, all year round. We're also looking to do the same thing at River Forks where, just like state parks do, if you agree to uh, do some maintenance for us while here, you can stay here. So we're looking to do that so we'll have eyes on all our parks. And the idea of concerts out there is particularly strong because they'll be loud enough to overcome the boats. Oh yeah. <laughs> You don't have to worry about boats coming by with concerts like boats. you do with plays and no, stuff. No, uh, Let's back up to Dolly Cooper Park, which had, they also, you know, they have a trail there, and they saw a lot of improvements this year. Just kind of recap the improvements that happened at that big park. That's the biggest park in the county, I guess. Well, right now we're putting in the pavilion, a covered pavilion. That's going on right now. We're doing some more road work, more parking work. But we every as soon as we get money for to do something at Dolly Cooper, we put that money in Dolly Cooper. So that's almost a continuous process and it will be a continuous process. But Dolly Cooper gets a whole lot of use and every day it gets more use. So we're gonna continue, council's gonna continue making sure that we have that money there. Plus we're also, as you know, the pickleball courts at Hurricane Springs and some of the partnerships we have with some of the towns on things we can do to improve their recreation because a lot of our recreation historically has been done by the towns, so. Well, closer in here at Anderson, uh, Wellington Park was transformed and is getting a lot of daily use. Yes. Uh, give folks a, a reminder how that renovation happened this year. Uh, people in the community uh, found out about this new grant, so we applied for it, they applied for it, we got it, we put a lot of county money in it, and it is in the Homeland Park area, and it's used constantly, and it's there's pride of ownership in that community, in that park, because there's no vandalism whatsoever. They take beautiful... That's what people weren't worried about, and it's not happened at that, all. That, 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 oh, you're not going to do that. You're not going to do that. There's less vandalism there than any park we have, including Green Pond and it, uh, Kid Venture. Yeah, I just know it's been... I've seen a lot of... When I've driven by, there's always kids out there yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, the uh, other recreation-related news, counties put together recreation plans for all districts, uh, and they've had citizen input on all these plans. What's the next step in putting those plans out and taking action? Well, after we get that list, and we're going to have to see how much all of these things cost, develop a plan of action, and start checking them off the list. Again, quality of life is important. I mean, if you don't think it's, if people care about having things to do, and they like parks, and they like places they can go, and they want to see their tax money doing something they can enjoy 
and they don't have to pay a whole lot of money. And so that's, that's one of the big driving things we have, and tearing down dilapidated houses. Speaking of parks, uh, Paul's opened the dog. Good, good lot of planning and working. Yes, and, and if you were down there, which you were for the uh, Halloween, I mean, there were thousands of people. You had to go back and buy candy multiple times. You had to go back and buy candy multiple times. You see that uh, they're all decked out for the holidays, and uh, it's just continuing to be an amazing thing. You look in on, on, on the television news, and Spartanburg's fixing to build an animal shelter, and I'm going, wait. And we're so far ahead of everything, and it's not because of me, it's because what council allows those people to do and the dedicated staff we had out there. Yeah, they need but pay, I had to pay Dr. Kim Davis as a consultant, don't they? Yeah, but I had to, had to call in this morning because there's an article in the paper about the holiday stuff they're doing down there, and they spotlighted one dog. That dog's name is Rusty. So I was curious as to how that name got there. You're not taking Rusty home, are you? No, I got enough Rusties at the house now. <laughs> well, they are slammed, though, and if people have been thinking about a pet, now would be a good time. Now's a good time to go get a pet. Now's a good time to go buy a bag of dog food or a bag of cat food. And if you're just wandering around and you want to give somebody a Merry Christmas, a bag of food would go a long ways. And we'll take canned food, dry food, anything, treats. If you just happen to be out there, it would be a big help to us. How about countywide broadband updates? That's been one of those slow burn things, but people are always asking about it. It's uh, <coughs> including Mike Gamble. He's still on the and we get, and, we get, and I got a call. You know, we get calls every day for it, and they're slowly inching through the county. I think right now we've got, and our fun facts to no one tell that came out yesterday. I think that we put out. Steve Newton puts out periodically when we get information. The legendary Steve Newton. The legendary Steve Newton. I think that we, uh, I think it's that 80% of the county has access to broadband, but is that a real number? Some places say you have access yeah, to some broadband. Some people they call broadband is not very broad. It's not very broad. And so that's something that we're working with Western Carolina Telephone, Blue Ridge Electric, and AT&T and all of those others trying to get it. And you see all these people working, they're just not working fast enough. But had a call to one of our councilmen last week, and a very nice gentleman had been calling about broadband, and I mean he called religiously. And so the councilman uh, knew the number, and he said he's going to call me and ask me about broadband, and, and, and the guy called him and said, I got broadband. Wow. <laughs> and so we do know that they're moving, so that gentleman's happy. But it's not, it's not enough. It's not fast enough. We have grant applications in right now. And we have money in reserve to match those grant applications as soon as the government moves. So you heard, oh, we got all this broadband money that the federal government's going to throw out. Well, they ain't throwing it out yet. Well, you're, you're also brought memorials downtown. That new firefighters memorial is dedicated. A lot of good comments on that. A, vet, a lot of good. I think that brought the fire service together because uh, we let all of the fire service and all of Anderson County participate. We had a wonderful ceremony. I think that's well received and and we're very pleased with that. Now we have a group working to put the Veterans Memorial at the Civic Center across from a kid venture, which would be more like a park. Right, than just a marker. Than, than a marker, more like a park. And they're beginning their fundraising efforts right now. I think it's $3 million to build that, but the county council has allocated land for them to do that in a very prominent place because the memorial we have now, you can't find it. If I told you where it is, you can't find it because you're going to go in a parking lot and then walk down a hill. So it's, it's not good. 
Well, speaking of the military, the museum's military, permanent military exhibit finally opened. What makes this exhibit so special for Anderson? Well, Anderson has a high proportion of veterans, uh, people who from Anderson and people who've moved in. And so I think that's the biggest thing that the museum has done in many, many years. Uh, <clears throat> Don Chapman, now Representative Don Chapman, designed it. He did a magnificent job. I've been with tour groups going through and look at it and everybody is, is just knocked over by it. And they're gonna, some more things that they're gonna do along those lines, but our museum is a treasure, and I'll put it up against any museum in the whole world, and we have other things coming up there. And one of the things that Beverly, who does a magnificent job running that museum, is uh, it's time to put the lights back in the fountain. Because when the fountain I was, was gonna go to the fountain, the fountain when the fountain, well, you got the chair back? I didn't even look to see if the last I don't know chair. if the chair was back. I have to go check. But now we need to put the lights back in the fountain. Well, for people who know what we're talking about, the, the fountain that was downtown Anderson was later found, literally found in pieces in a field, brought back to the museum, put together, rusted and needed some problems, so they sent it to... Did you finish that up? Huh? Well, then they a group restored it, but it wasn't restored... If they hadn't they done, did the best they could. They did the best they could, and if they hadn't done that, there'd been nothing left right. to work with. But this involved the people who restored the Hunley and all of that stuff, and we sent it down there, and it stayed in a bath for a year and everything and put it back together. And so now we have it back at the museum where it's safe. But when it was originally built, it had lights in that fountain. Yeah. And it was either the only one or one of two in the whole country that had lights in the fountain, and it's time to bring those lights back. Yeah, that would be something to see, and I think you'd have people out there taking pictures. I think so, too. Uh, and plus, we have the new courtyard at the Museum for Outdoor Events, which I think is really nice, too. Yeah, and it really did. Uh, they used to, uh, Halloween and stuff, it really made a difference to have that little area out there. Uh, the busy year meant infrastructure improvements, and there was some grant money and other money coming in. Can you recap some of those infrastructure? Oh, uh, well, we're still working to get sewer to exit 14. They're probably working there today. That's coming along real good. That area will blow up as soon as that's done. We've taken a lot of that money and redone sewer lines that have been in the ground since sewer was invented. We've run lines into new areas that allow industry to come in. We're closing the 6 and 20 wastewater plant, which has outlived its usefulness. So we'll be closing that down and we will be running sewer in a different direction towards the city, which we have an agreement, the city and the county and Homeland Park have an interest in those wastewater treatment plants. So a whole lot of stuff going on with sewer. Uh, we took a whole lot of the money that they were giving out from Washington and put it in infrastructure. Rather than doing something that would be a quick hit, do something that will last for generations. And that's what council did. They came up with a plan to do sewer. We're also excited about receiving $8 million more this year for road work in Anderson County, which council voted on two weeks ago to send to the Anderson County Transportation Commission. So that's gonna put us ahead. And I think that we need even more assistance from the Department of Transportation on things like Main Street, Murray Avenue, and those things, because those are the major state roads. Uh, do we have work to do? Yes, the county does, but we really would like a lot of that money to hit some of the major arteries and and yeah, some of those roads are in pretty like, rough shape. Like Whitehall, yeah. Murray, and I'm leaving out eight thousand others. You but are, I'm just but talking those, about. Yeah. I was going to ask you about roads. Do you feel like with this extra money, finally beginning to see some progress? Because I know for so many years it had been kicked down the road that when county finally started working on the roads, it was so 
we had so much work to do. Are we start, finally starting to make some progress? I see them out working all the time. We have the best public works department in the state of South Carolina, but we have so many roads, just county roads. People have heard me say this. We have 1,500 miles of county roads, 1,250 miles of state roads, and that doesn't include any of the mileage inside the city limits of all the towns. So it's a daunting task. And to keep up with that and to try to get, we're not ahead of it, I promise you that, but keeping up with it, we're always looking in the distance trying to get there. But they're working every day with strategies to prolong the life of roads, but we could really use a large dose of money from the DOT. I mean, we want everybody in Charleston to have a good road. We want everybody in Columbia and Greenville and Spartanburg. We're all for them. In the PD. In the great PD. But we certainly could use a nice slug around here. But you feel optimistic more than you did, say, 10 or 15 years ago? I feel much more optimistic. But then I'm optimistic about everything. Oh, so Yeah, that's not a good question, is it? All right, 22 also marked the first full year and four months of Countywide's EMS system. I know MedShore is getting all the vehicles to the stations finally and because of back orders and stuff. Uh, and the county has been diligently tracking this new system. What, what, what are the stats telling you? Telling you it's working better than we imagined it to be. Uh, our paramedic corps uh, will put them up against anybody in the state. We are fully staffed. Nobody, no place else is fully staffed. Our goal to get to you under 10 minutes, we've about hit that 95% of the time. We had on some of the transports, we've had some issues, but they had to do with personnel, not our personnel, the private contractor. They've addressed some of those issues and it's getting better. Uh, and it must be getting better because everybody's coming here looking to see how we're doing it and they can't get anybody to work. And I think our people take pride in their work. And we know from the letters we get from citizens that uh, my daddy fell and there was somebody there in five minutes. And I mean, just we just get lots of good feedback. We knew it was going to be bad for six months, but it's working better than council thought. And council took they bit the bullet, went through it, and uh, we've got the county pretty much covered right now. We've got a few spots, but we're trying to stay where growth is, and so it's working, and we've got some good people running that, and I think you can see them just about everywhere. Our partnership with AnMed has meant the world to us. They give us $1.4 million a year, plus they provide some oversight, medical oversight to us. So. They've been our very valuable partner in helping us do what we do, and we want to continue that partnership with them, not only on that, but a lot of other ways. I think one of the biggest just um, tangible uh, out outcomes of that that people are seeing these quick response vehicles. And what, what kind of feedback are you all getting on those, those quick that save money and time and also take well, care of The fact that they're quick and the person in that vehicle is not an EMT, not an EMT2, it's a paramedic, the highest you can go. And these guys and gals, they like it because they are not transporting people. You don't go in that profession to tote a stretcher. That's part of the job, okay? And that's why you see a lot of, you don't see a lot of older paramedics because that's wear and tear on your body doing that all that time. Our paramedics go treat you. They treat you. If they need to ride in that ambulance to get you to the hospital, they will. But they get to do what they became paramedics for, and that's medicine. And they like that. So 
that's a big plus for us. Well, Anderson's Elephant Pen Park opened late this year. We didn't have a ceremony or anything. Nope. But I have heard overwhelmingly positive comments about having so much green space here in the city. Any plans to put benches or anything out there until nope. a developer comes along, or are just going to leave grass out there? Pretty green grass. We know that, that uh, we will have activities for the soiree out there, but right now we just want the pretty green grass to take root, to get healthy, to grow, and then it'll look beautiful in the summer. You think this time next year we might have an extra Christmas tree out there or something? Uh, we might do something temporary. Temporary, yeah. Christmas trees are temporary. Temporary. Right, right. Which brings us to the fact that we're almost on top of Christmas now. The downtown is decorated, anchored by the big tree, and the square, and the Santa is a light in your window. Um, and Christmas music is coming Christmas out music, of the clock tower. The thing, coming out of the clock tower. That means we're already looking to New Year's in 2023. Uh, what is on the top of the agenda for the council moving ahead into that first quarter? We have some economic development projects that will be coming to fruition at that time, so that will take up some of their time. Naturally, because it will be halfway through the year, they'll begin to turn towards looking at the budget and setting goals and priorities. Uh, we'll have a new member of council that they will uh, be setting committees in, in, in working with, with uh, the new council member. and. It'll be, it'll be a busy first three months, but it'll be a good first three months because there are a lot of good things that are going to happen in Anderson and a lot of good things are going to happen for the people in Anderson. So we're just, we're looking forward, happy. Speaking of happy, do you want to, until then, wish everybody a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year? Absolutely, everybody have a Merry Christmas. Everybody have a good time. Everybody be safe and uh, Happy New Year. Without talking about a... Uh major loss for Anderson this year. I know he's a good friend of yours. Remind everybody why and how Richard Shirley was so important to, to Anderson. Well, first I need to say that Richard Shirley was a good friend to just about everybody in Anderson. So, as many people have said, when he was talking to you, he was talking to you. And he's just always been a, a mentor and a wealth of information. I think he knew everybody in Anderson, and I think he knew everybody in Anderson's children and their grandmothers and their grandfathers and what used to be where and what used to be over there. But he served on the Anderson City Council forever and a day. He helped, well, he helped start the soiree. He did a whole lot of things other than that. That's just one a lot of people can identify with. and. He served on that forever and a day, and then he was mayor for two terms, and then he has always been in banking, and then he uh, became clerk of court, and that's when he and I really got to, to spend a lot of time together because we'd do things. We went through COVID together, how, to, how he was running the court and how we were running the county, and we were syncing up things, but it's a big loss. He was a great ambassador for Anderson. He never met a stranger. Uh, I know for a fact that reporters who used to cover Anderson, who no longer live here, they've gone on to bigger and better things. When, when he passed, they were putting things on different social media, talking about how much he meant to them and how much they missed him. And I mean, that's pretty, pretty nice tribute, but that was probably the saddest thing that happened in 2022. But uh, his memory will be around Anderson for a very, very, very long time. Uh, those of us that knew Richard 
concur with Rusty and then some. There's just a, a lot to be digested. It all happened so suddenly, and uh, his professional achievements aside, his his kindness and his warmth and his humor will be missed. And he's one of those people Anderson can't replace. I'm just really glad we had some time to spend with him. Well, meanwhile, the city of Anderson saw continued annexation and new businesses in 2022, and Mayor Terrence Roberts outlined some of this news in our conversation. It's an understatement to say it's been a busy year in, in Anderson in 2022. That is uh, true. Remind people how the, how the year kicked off and what y'all were kind of recovering from and all that stuff. <laughs> well, um, there was this little thing called the pandemic. And uh, first part of the year, we, we were still um, trying to do, the city was start, still trying to do their part in making sure that we could help people keep safe. You know, we. Uh, obviously partner with our county partners and um, the healthcare system and emergency management and just um, just just trying to um, make sure that we did our part you know I can think of even in March the us deciding as a group not to to travel to a conference because we still were not quite sure that it was safe to travel. And so, um, you know, the first quarter of the year, again, was uh, uh, always a lot of things happening in the city that you start seeing the fruits of. Uh, as I came to the office today, I saw a, a banner on the top of the garage, Creative Builders, I think. And, you know, at that point in time, you know, we were still somewhat um, dancing with the, the developers on trying to make sure that we um, did our due diligence in making sure that the up on the roof venture was going good. And so um, I, I can remember uh, as a council, us, you know, talking about that and making sure that, that we were doing um, the right thing and, and attorneys and contracts well, Remind everybody and about what that project is and where we are on that. Yeah, That's I mean, we are, um, that is um, part of the Home Two Suites, uh, also a parking garage uh, that the city um, built to take the, the traffic parking that we took a little bit of that parking away from um, uh, when we did the um, the park, the, the 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 Church Street Heritage Park, the hotel took more parking space, and so we created. Uh, it started as a, a a three car, three story garage, and what about five stories? And you know, we always have people ask us on the first garage, can they do a venue on top of the first garage? And and that's kind of where that started. Well, we couldn't do that because it's not structurally safe to have people on that rooftop, although people do it anyway. But, um, but that's how the whole idea of, you know, maybe we should figure out how to make it structurally safe. And uh, it led to, well, why don't we do a setup for some type of kitchen type of thing, which led to the idea of the uptown roof. So um, we hope that, um, I think, the um, up on the roof folks hope they're doing construction there I peeked at it yesterday and they hope to be ready I think by um, the end of the first quarter 
So and that's pretty quick. They're they're they got a place in Georgia and one in Greenville, and they they do really well, don't they? They do really well. Yep. They um, these guys also own, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they might be the biggest franchise owners of um, Ruth's um, Steakhouse, Ruth Chris Steakhouse, and so they they're in the restaurant business, and so they understand how to produce a product. And uh, we're excited to have them. We think it, it's uh, something different for us to do. Um, and so we're looking forward to it. And I know we're still in the first quarter, but you got a new council member and a new fire chief this year. We did, yep. Um, we, um, um, one of our longtime council members, Don Chapman, had an opportunity to run for state house seat. And, um, and, and so he had to, to resign. Um, and Don brought a lot to our council and our community over the years. And so um, we do have a new council member, um, Luis Martinez, uh, a local banker um, that brings, uh, again, a, a, a financial skill set to our council. Um, he's used to um, looking at contracts and, and vetting um, potential loans, and so um, he's really been a joy to work with. And anything else in that first part of the year? We've I know got, a lot of things are overarching. Um, let's, let's just talk about some yeah. of the big things, and if we, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I know one of the things y'all have spent a lot of resources and time working on is the trail system. Yeah, give people sort of an overview of that and where yeah. you are, where it is right yeah. now. Yeah, that is great. That's a good question. We um, uh, probably in that first quarter because it seemed like it rained every day in January, February, and March. Part of it was the expansion of the recreation complex. And so we, um, and this goes back, we were talking, John Moore and Linda McConnell were talking during the Christmas uh, a couple of weeks ago about buying, um, I think it's the Southern Products building um, on the Whitner Creek and just being able to have that space and the vision and that goes back a long way was to maybe one day have some type of recreation activity there. I wouldn't know what it would be but as it turned out we have in, in our community and our rec system has a need for baseball fields. We had um, baseball fields in Lindley Park and that became problematic because of traffic and, and getting people and, and so um, started that construction. So what you'll see on that field is a, um, a multi-purpose uh, facility with um, synthetic turf that can um, be programmed for football field, um, two baseball fields, it has seating, uh, concessions, um, it has uh, restrooms, um, bleacher seatings and covers, and so we think that'll be a good fit um, for our city. Now, having said that too, the next phase, and we're starting on the next phase, is the completion of um, the Lindley Park Trail from, I've dubbed it Upper Lindley, Lower Lindley. So we'll, uh, the Upper Lindley Park is fixed um, we've got to do something with that traffic circle there and, um, and DOT is looking at that, um, not a roundabout, but I've, uh, I've called it kind of a peanut as opposed to a roundabout, but you know, we'll take that green space 
um, a little bit further down, take that walking track. And matter of fact, if you go on, um, if you look at it from Blakely Street right now, you'll see um, the concrete path that will connect the, um, the, the, that part of the section along Whitner Creek. So it's going to be a pretty cool project. Um, I would imagine, just my guess, that um, it would extend that trail probably um, another mile and a half. And so, I mean, and that's just the, the smaller part of the bigger master plan to connect um, the, the trail to other parts of the city. You're getting pretty close to that loop, aren't you? I mean, you're not, it's not too not far, that far away. away. Yeah, not that far away. And so, um, uh, and, and, um, and I guess the other thing that the community sh should see too, um, and not necessarily a city project or a county project, but it's the um, Anderson County Transportation, the ANATS the Transportation, but the connection of the East-West Parkway, you know, from um, the current Parkway to the Civic Center to ANMED. And so I think, if I'm not mistaken, um, I hadn't looked at it, but somebody, I think there's the bridge that's both crossing. Both bridges on both ends, are, they haven't quite finished them out, but they're getting pretty close okay, on both you know, ends. On, yeah, yeah. on both ends? On both ends, yeah. Cool. They got the bridge in on McConnell Springs Road and the bridge out of the Civic Center in now. Yeah, I know that bridge had been supply chain. Those things are huge, yeah, too. Yeah, and so the way they kind of fabricate that and come in and put it, it's kind of like building a parking garage now. It's like a Lego piece, you know. So um, I think you were telling me the demand for recreation continues to grow too in the city. Yeah, Are y'all going to add on to the rec center? I mean the yeah, uh, I think probably um, at at some point. I think we talked about this before. Um, the the rec center, um, from a class participation point of view, is we're we're out of space. You know, hindsight being twenty twenty, and it's always twenty twenty. It should have been built bigger. And um, it has become um, the the favorite place for people who have white hair like me and you. And it uh, our seniors, um, both in the city and the county, um, the pricing is 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 right. Um, and so um, it, it's it's um, we we have plans to maybe, and we talked about this before, but we've got a lot of other things to get to, but I think probably the next big piece in the, in the plan is maybe to create a L-shaped kind of thing there with that field that was there and, and extend that. And so it gives us more space, more programming space. Let's talk about economic development. Any significant new business or expansions yeah. here this year? Yeah, you know, when you start thinking about it, I think probably my mind jumped to the the loss um, and um, the, the... Remind the, people what the lofts are. The lofts are the um, right behind part of Old Sullivan Hardware building. Um, there have been several things in that building, but it's um, facing Murray Street. And um, it, it and, and it was a very historic building. You probably know more about the history than me, but you know it's one of those things where um, um, when when I looked at it, um, when we walked in it, they kept the high ceilings and 
the exposed brick and it's 30 some odd apartments there and my understanding is completely leased and it just showed to us it showed a need for um, more apartments I mean we had built as a community we built very few apartments over the years and so we had uh, apartments not even just in downtown Anderson but in Anderson proper I mean darn near 100 percent occupied all the time and so um, with that project which led to the purchase of the property um, Chemtech property. That's where I was going next, Chemtech's update. Yeah. And um, that's an update and that will be um, 136 apartments um, and, um, and that is um, Tribble Street and I forget the street behind Tribble but um, off of Murray right across kind of catty corner from the farmers market and so the, the cool thing about that project is some of those buildings, the buildings that Chemtech use, they're just repurposing those buildings. So those will be apartments and um, they'll build new construction. We looked at some renderings the other day and they look great. Um, and those guys have said that they will start um, in um, first part of 2023. That's really going to be a game changer for downtown in a way because, I mean, look, we've talked about, I think, moving, you've got to move west kind of just because the typography is kind of hard to go east because of the hills and the mm -hmm. railroad. And all. you mm -hmm. got an easier move west because there's a lot of land and old. Um, yeah. But that's a lot of new residents in walking distance of downtown. It is. And it kind of, I think, probably, to your point, um, it, um, we, and we all, have a rich heritage of textile mills and there are a couple of abandoned textile sites, the Anderson Mill site, Equinox Mill. And so, you know, it kind of moves the community, the city toward those sites. And so um, I, I'm very interested to see. I, I think it's a good product um, and I think people will move there. So, uh, and that was something that we worked on in 2023 too. Proud of, you know, the councilman had to make some tough decisions on that. And so um, hopefully um, we, we believe that's the right the project for that space. Do you think it'll accelerate, like getting a green grocer downtown, things like that, having that many houses suddenly? I think so. I mean, I mean, people, um, a lot of times people know more so um, of what's happening in the community because um, they eventually have to file building permits and so forth and we find out. But you know, development usually follows people. And so when you get that critical mass, when you um, have the loss at the Palmetto building, when you have the Chemtech property, when you have um, the Thunderbird, you know. And eventually uh, the Equinox and, added to that. Yeah, and equ I mean, when you start adding things like that, um, um, developers follow, you know, and so. Um, well, that Thunderbird was a, was kind of a big deal because y'all been trying to do something with like that for a long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, and the the folks who own the Calhoun um, purchased that property, and so we're looking forward to them doing um, more apartments. What about the? We, we talk about this every time we meet, but the buildings right across the street from here. Which buildings are across the street? I'm just not. Uh, That's know, what everybody says. Which buildings are you talking about? You know, the, the uh, we think, and, I, and I, I'm, 
can't say, but I, I, hopefully we could maybe talk about this maybe in the middle of 24 and have some positive news there. Um, it, it's, um, again, probably when I start thinking about over the last couple of decades about um, things that buildings that have been, when I, when I think about the Blakely Station, when I think about the Blakely Inn, when I think about some of the things that, you know, people new to the community, they don't remember the, the old. And so it'll happen in time. Uh, we want it to happen. We have um, great hope that it'll happen sometimes in 2024. And it seems like the, the north end of Main Street, that, that entryway is really developing at a rapid pace. I, we've suddenly got a, a tenant that's going to redo the post, old post office Sullivan King Mortuary into its original form. That, mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing that because that was, that was before our time when it yeah. was a... Yeah. Uh, and, and that, and then the, the that uh, gateway there that I think has seven or nine new tenants moving in, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. The bistro and um, ice cream the place, ice cream place, the the um, uh, magnetic and the, the 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 park that we have there um, is being used um, a lot, um, and so. Um, that section of Main Street is, is really, it puts a lot of pressure sometimes on, I will say this publicly out loud, I don't know if anybody knows that, but there's additional parking um, behind Kimbrel's now. Did you know that? You mm -hmm. didn't know that? Did not. Well, yeah, I mean, they're uh, right behind um, Kimbrel's and the dry cleaners, you know, I think they're like 25, 30 parking spaces. It used to be just, um, but the city. Um, so if you're struggling there, trying to find a parking space. It's needed space, down there. Yeah. And so, you know, which puts, puts a lot of pressure on, you know, I, I remember Linda McConnell saying one time when I first got into politics, she said she made a statement that parking changes every 90 days. And she was right. I mean, the parking, if you're, if you're doing it right, when things open, all of a sudden, parking changes again. And we all know sometimes when things open, um, I, I, I try to get into the common, um, the new coffee shop, and, and, and you know, um, Saturday. And it's like, no. And I was in line with someone, and they said, well, we'll come back in two weeks when nobody's when it's wore off. But you know, I mean, sometimes things don't wear off and, and, and parking changes. So, um, you know, I, I'm curious to see how the county's green space does this summer. What, what, what that does with pedestrian traffic. You have Carolina Rim Park and you have another park. So I'm curious to see, I think it'd be a good thing but I'm curious to see how all that plays out. And I want, it seems like people are willing to walk more if they can walk through a green space rather than just walking. Yeah. But speak back before we get away from the north, that uh, old uh, gas station that was a taxi cab place, something else, that's going to be a restaurant, right? That, that's our understanding. That's our understanding. I, I think um, when, you know, and again, I think part of the struggle, and I don't think we will, this part of the country doesn't dip quite as far in, in, in high inflation and so forth. And, and so um, I, I was just talking to 
a couple guys the other day that have a good feel for uh, economic development and so forth and and projects and pipelines and and they said we're busy you know we just don't see it slowing down for us and so having said that you know I, but I do think there are some projects like that project where people are a little bit pushing the brakes just a little bit on some things but I don't think it'll it occur as much in, in our part of the the, the country is other parts. Getting any interest in the Electric City Brewery property there, the old Cox Oil? Uh, I don't know. Um, uh, Such a great location. It is a good location and I would say that probably um, something will happen there sooner than later is uh, I understanding that um, those properties won't sit vacant very long. You can, I mean, it, it's just unfortunate sometimes when things like that happen to the economy and business owners but it's a cool space and I just can't imagine it being vacant very long. It was redone really well. The, mm -hmm. the, what about the the street level at the hotel? Are you still looking for retail? Still I think the you know we still are I think the the, the good thing about the hotel is that it's done better than the developers and the partners in that hotel thought it was going to do. I think the occupancy rates are a lot better than they thought. Um, I think um, the two spaces down there, um, I think it's, that's probably a function of um, the economy and just being really sure about a couple things. So I, I think there was one thing that they had a good feel about, but you know, so they pulled back. And so sometimes when, when, when national retailers and restaurant tours they pull back. But I, but it's a cool space. I can, again, I, I think it's going won't be, but it's there, so it'll happen. What are some other challenges y'all dealt with this year? That's, I know it's been a busy year. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the whole idea of. I mean, we, we constantly try to have, um, uh, we've had a good year um, from a hospitality point of view. Uh, our restaurants, you know, we, we do uh, the 2% hospitality and that um, hospital, uh, hospitality tax um, has done extremely well this year. Um, we always, in all local governments, businesses, I mean, we struggled um, and had to adapt with um, our biggest asset, and that's our employees. And so we, we, we've had to make some adjustments there in regards to pay scales. And um, this, this business is always heavy on um, police cars, and we just um, ordered a new um, fire truck and they take a long time to to make and so but you know uh, we couldn't be from a financial point of view the year was a very good year um, I think some of our challenges going forward before we get too for that uh, give people just a quick overview of what the hospitality tax allows y'all to do better that you might really struggle without that extra money Oh uh, yeah, well you know um, it allows us to do things like um, Lindley Park, 
and recreation and it allows us to you know, that's the two percent that we has uh, been a little bit over I think I was trying to think when it was maybe it's 20 years old now and so I think um, at one point um, it, it, it allows us to have people who come into our community for a Clemson football game which is one of the reasons that the hotel's done. I mean, we, they just got a little bit of, I think, the flavor of Clemson football. Um, home games mean a lot to this state and it's becoming more and more important for Anderson because of the, the idea of um, our hotels being a little bit closer than the Greenville hotels and that was a big boom. Uh, as you know, um, during Clemson football season, the Pickens and Oconee airports were being repaired, and so all of the planes coming in, uh, the chartered planes and private planes coming in, came into our airport, and um, and so people uh, got to see our city, and so I think that's going to pay dividends on down the road. This is just Terrence talking. I don't have anything to quantify that by except the fact that on a Friday, I saw a lot of people down here in orange that didn't look familiar, you know? And so I, I think that's a, a big deal. But the recreation and a lot of that, your parks and things would struggle without the hospitality tax oh, money, yeah. wouldn't they? I mean, I mean, we've got 17 parks and, um, and, and, and without, that hospitality money, um, which helps rec, you know, the, the recreation, you know, we can use that money for record. So it's really specific on what you can use it for. We can't use it for salaries, but, you know, we can use it for um, tourist-related activities. And so when we create those spaces where people can come in and use that space, and um, and we use it during the week, and they use it on the weekends, type of thing. So um, those are people that visit our community that don't live here that help us pay for those amenities. And you're, you're, I interrupted you were talking about some other challenges that we can go in. How about going into the last half of the year or the last quarter? What are y'all looking at here? What are y'all working on? I think probably more than anything, probably. You know, this gives us an opportunity to think about um, the next year. But um, when you start thinking about um, some of the positive things that we have done um, over the past year, obviously building permits and homes are, are being built. And you have you know, any idea how many homes y'all added to the city? Any, any wild guess? We probably, I do know that we probably have um, well over a thousand new homes that are in, are in the planning stages and some that are being built. And, um, and you know, I've noticed there are a lot of houses that are being built on um, just lots within the city, which is a good thing, not necessarily subdivisions, um, but the apartments, um, the homes on um, Glenwood and Blakely, 
you know, those um, that subdivision um, filled out quickly this year. And so there's a, people move here. I mean, we, I mean, this is, um, the, there are 10 mega regions in the country and, and we're located in one of them, the, probably the second or third largest mega region in the country. And um, the, the population of our county continues, the city continues. The region itself has 1.5 million people in the upstate of South Carolina. And so um, we do a good job of uh, our, our state and our county, they do a good job of recruiting places like Arthurettes and First Quality and we've got to find places. Uh, part of our responsibility as a city is the quality of life things um, on housing and our downtown and parks and recreation systems and that type of thing. So, uh, and, and all of it costs money, so we have to make sure that we do good things and spend, spend the people's money wisely. When you and I were growing up, uh, development in the city always included sidewalks. And I guess at some point it outpaced and they quit putting sidewalks everywhere. Are sidewalks a big part of new development? I mean... It is. It is. I mean, we... Um, sometimes the development outpaces the infrastructure. Uh, a prime example of that would be um, on having a senior moment. What's um, Greenville Street? To we take a right on 7-Eleven, Simpson Road. Okay, on Simpson. Okay, started just to uh, yeah. You start Simpson. looking at that. You start looking at you know, like the connectivity of of Simpson Road. You know, and all of a sudden, you know, um, you have duplexes. You have more houses there, and we don't have sidewalks. And you still see people walking it. And you still see people walking, you know. And so, unfortunately, I think sometimes um, in sidewalks, as in roads, are expensive. And so you have to have a funding source, and that's always tough. So, you know, we, we got to do a better job. We got to do a better job of that, not only the city of Anderson, but cities and states. Uh, you know, we got to do a better job of doing that. Um, so, yeah. So, um, why? Yeah, I, sometimes I, I ask myself when I'm walking or running in the city, why the sidewalk in here? You know, so um, probably because the development in there, and then all of a sudden development picks up, and we didn't pick up the the connectivity to sidewalks. Moving into the first quarter of 2023, uh, have y'all identified things that you're kind of zooming in on? Well, you know, we will have a, um, we traditionally will have our retreat in the first quarter to, to do this. Um, as probably maybe some people, you know, um, we, we run on a fiscal year that ends in June not a calendar year, fiscal year, so we're trying to finish up that fiscal year um, and start planning, budgeting for the next fiscal year. Um, we, we do think that um, we have, again, some, some opportunities within the city um, in, in regards to residents. Um, we are always, there are a lot of people who 
are knocking on our door now um, as far as commercial development and residential development. And so we have to be very smart about that. I will take an opportunity to um, plug in. We have some folks um, in town uh, that are doing, we're, we're doing our comprehensive plan and we, um, the planners are um, probably the top planners in the country. And as you know, we've had several um, public input sections on, um, and um, the, we've dubbed it Plan This City. And so we need people to come out and tell us what they want. And, um, and speaking of recreation, people want connectivity. They want to not have to, for example, drive to the East West Parkway and park to East Parkway. They would like to have connectivity from where they live to the Parkway. And so I think that's my biggest, one of my bigger takes on some of the planning sessions is that um, people do want green space and connectivity. So they'll be on the ground here for another year producing that plan. And um, I would ask, and we're publicly asking people to participate. Um, and they'll, um, we'll be asking um, smaller breakout groups coming in 24. So that's a big thing. Um, we, we're spending a lot of time and energy on this one. And, and basically what that does is that kind of gives us a playbook for what we want to do to be able to show a developer, here's what we think goes right here. And it kind of happened like this with Shop This Block. Even when we were doing Shop This Block, um, people were telling us that they wanted a downtown hotel. And now, granted, David McEwen was already planning on a downtown hotel, but that's what people wanted. People wanted um, the, the, the park um, on the north side of town between Magnetic and the, the new retail. And so um, it, it, people want that connectivity. So we'll work on that. The, the comprehensive plan is a big thing. And we'll work in dovetailing into that. They'll um, be able to help us with, you know, I mean, um, how you present to developers, land use plans, and, and specs on what we expect people to do if they want to build a subdivision, you know, and not having to recreate that every time we do that. As I mentioned earlier, for the first time in more than four decades, Anderson has a new probate judge, J.T. Foster, who replaced Martha Newton, who was just a absolute legend in Anderson. Um, J.T. is a law enforcement veteran, and he talked about the challenges and the calling he feels to this new job with the Anderson Observer News from People You Trust. Uh, I know the, the only thing on your mind was probably one day I want to be probate judge. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was growing up, my dad was in law enforcement. So I kind of thought, hey, I, I might do that because, you know, a lot of kids, you play cops and robbers in the backyard. And, you know, my dad lived that, you know, before he passed. And when I got the opportunity at 21, I, I joined the sheriff's office. So I, I did. I followed right in his footsteps. So coming up, I didn't think about probate hardly any. You wanted to be a law enforcement officer? That's right. Yes, sir. And where did you grow up? Around people where you grew up? I grew up in Belton. So just down the road from downtown Anderson, about 12 minutes. Um, been there just about my whole life. And you said you, when you, at what age you joined law enforcement? At 21. So you can, you can be a law enforcement officer at 21. So as soon as I, you know, in November, I turned 21 and the next March I was hired on at the sheriff's office here in Anderson. And then how long did you serve there? 
Uh, I was there 16 plus years. Tell, tell people about what it was like being in all the things you did in the sheriff's office. So, uh, as with most deputies, you come in as a uniform patrol guy or gal. Um, I spent three years on uniform patrol, so we answered calls for service, um, did some traffic stops, uh, a little bit of drug enforcement. Then I got on a proactive team. Um, I did that for about three and a half years. Um, and, and that was where you didn't answer calls for service, but you were available and you targeted hotspot areas in the county that had higher crime rates that our statisticians were able to find. You know, you, you would saturate an area for a while. Um, then I did, let's see, about eight years of narcotics investigation, so both long and short term. So I did drug work for around 10, around 10 years. Um, when Sheriff McBride took office, I was promoted to a sergeant over our proactive team. Did that for a little while. And then there was a vacancy in, as the spokesperson. So the PIO role came open, uh, the sheriff reached out. It looked good for my schedule because I got kids that are busy um, and a lot of that stuff you can do from a cell phone. Uh, now being on call, I've been on call since 2009. So uh, that, that was just a little extra part, you know, when I took, when I took that role in 18. Um, the PIO role gave me a, a, an open book to the office. So I, instead of just knowing uniform patrol and drug work, I was able to learn about every section of the office, as well as handling subpoenas and FOIAs, I was able to branch out and I learned more about the county government and different roles and other court settings and you know other, other county offices that I generally wouldn't have anything to do with. I got to learn these people and I meet these new people, learn how they do things and kind of grow as an employee of the office. And how did that time with the sheriff's office help you prepare for this probate judge role? So I think a lot of it is going to be the preparation on how to treat people and how to talk to people. As a young deputy at 21, you know, you're talking to people who just lost loved ones and you're on the scene with them. So you're, you're not in another setting where it's calmed down a little bit, people have their, you know, their bearings back, you're right in the middle of it. And you have to talk to these people and let them know that Look, you might not like the police or you might not like the sheriff's office, but we're here and we're gonna help you the best we can. And I think it prepared me a lot as far as how to deal with issues when they come up uh, in real time. And it's gonna help me to, uh, maybe to uh, connect with the people who need the probate court when they come in. Be more of a connection, uh, make, made me a better people person, if that makes sense. And for people who don't know, remind me what probate court does. So probate the probate court handles all the estates of decedents in Anderson. Um, they handle governorships, conservatorships. Uh, they handle all the issues, uh, issuing of marriage license in the county. Um, and they also handle uh, involuntary committals. So whether that be someone having a mental health crisis or a chemical dependency, they handle the involuntary committal part. And you're stepping into some pretty big shoes. Absolutely. Uh, somebody who, I mean, both as probate and before that, maybe half a century almost covered. Has she been helpful in you making this transition? Absolutely. Judge Newton has been great. And, you know, her service to Anderson County has spread over 40 plus years. Um, she's been very helpful. She's offered me to come into the office, view some hearings, meet the staff. It's, it's, been, it's been a good process between she and I. For people who have not met you, JT, remind, tell people something about you. Tell them what you, you know, about your family, what some of your hobbies are. What do people need to know about you? What do you want people to know about you? Well, uh, like I said earlier, I grew up in Belton. Um, I graduated from BHP. Uh, family still down there? Yeah, my mother is, yep. Man, I got a sister that lives in Belton. She's an RN at AMED as well. Uh, I married my wife in 2006 also. We got three daughters, 17, 14, and nine, fixing to be 10 in a couple of days. 
Um, we still live in Belton. We got two dogs. Uh, we enjoy activities of family, you know, uh, whether it be tennis up the road, walking the dogs. Uh, all three of my girls are very athletic, so we spend a lot of time at either you know, dance competition, softball field, or, vo or volleyball. So uh, we've been blessed, and you know, we get to watch them do what they love, and we love watching them do it. So a uh, little bit about me: I, I graduated from after BHP. I went to Tri County, got a got my associates there, uh, my bachelor's degree at AU, and a master's from the Command College of South Carolina here at AU. So. Uh, another little bit about me is I'm excited about being, you know, being able to continue my public service just in a different role. You know, I've done it from the, the enforcement side, now I'm looking forward to doing it from a judicial standpoint. I'm excited about the public service aspect. And your colleagues and family and friend, how do they feel about you in this new role? How do they think about your new position? Uh, they're all excited for me. I, I'm sure some of them are nervous just as I am because it, I, yeah, I am filling big shoes. You know, Judge Newt's been there for a long time and, you know, but a lot of what we can do uh, when I when I take office on the 3rd of January is to use what she's already done so there's no need to reinvent the wheel so the things that she's doing well just continue to do those um, I'm not necessarily nervous so much as I am excited I got kind of a kind of an excitement butterfly in my stomach looking forward to it and you know my friends my family they were all very supportive even even before I announced that I was gonna run for it they were they said, hey, you, that's a people person job. I think you'd be great at it. Well, a lot of the a lot of the probate roles in the probate court is, you know, nobody needs you until they need you. Uh, and, you know, nobody's coming to probate court when they're having a good time. It's either dealing with death or some, you know, somebody's mentally incapacitated and they're having to put somebody in an establishment somewhere. I mean, you may be having a good time when you go get your marriage license. And then, you know, two years down the road, you might regret that too. So there's no telling with that. Um, but I want, I want, I want uh, the public to know that me and the staff look forward to serving them when they need us. Uh, it's a court, like I said, that you don't need until you need it. And I want a friendly face and somebody who is able to walk you through a process in a difficult time. So we're looking forward to serving Anderson. And wrapping up this part one of our year in review uh, uh, podcast here with the Anderson Observer News from People You Trust. Keep in mind, as holiday decorations are coming down, if you still want to ice skate in Carolina Wren Park, you've got less than two weeks to get on that ice. Holiday ice is a nice attraction during the holidays in, in the park, and it would be great to see more creative uses of that space year-round. It's a great location, and our downtown is looking great. Join me again tomorrow for the 2022 year in review with the mayors of Williamston, Pelzer, and West Pelzer. And until then, get out and do something to make our community a better place in 2023.
Scene ends badly as you might imagine in a cup.